It's not playing with Lex and Dan. He is Lex. And he is Dan. And this guy was just thinking, isn't he supposed to start by saying inconceivable? Because that's how focused I am on the show we're recording. Not playing the game of movies and mystery, football, (laughs) and friends. I was already legit confused, and we've just started. (laughs) Uh, Well, we're back in our football season, and we are uh, got another one. I was trying to come up with some football lingo on the first down. <laughs> We're at the one yard line of this that, episode. Are we? Uh, is that good no. or bad? That seems bad. <laughs> We're really not. We're f- one, being at the one yard line is good. That means it's about to be over. But oh, okay. We're just starting. All right. So we well, the opposite one yard line. Lex, I would like you to tell me something important about tonight's movie. Which Sunday does it take place on? The reality is, Dan, any given Sunday. But it's Thursday. But yes, today we are watching any given Sunday. I, I believe it's a, a quote. I know that they speak the line in the movie as well, but I think it's also like an apocryphal NFL quote, which is basically that no matter who the teams are playing, that on any given Sunday, anything can happen. Mm. It's dumb because it's not on any given Sunday. It's any Sunday where they're playing football, but you get it. Yeah. I mean, this Sunday? No. <laughs> yeah. Sundays for the foreseeable future? Not so much. That's funny if you realize this episode was recorded in 2020. So just letting you know that. <laughs> uh, so Dan, what do you know? About any given Sunday. And I also want to tell any listeners who are going to watch. so they Any can, given we, listeners. Uh, we, we, uh, we are doing the director's cut. Unusually, uncommonly, the director's cut, slightly shorter than the uh, theatrical cut. That's unusual. <laughs> different scenes, but also a couple removed things. <laughs> things in a different order. The movie runs yeah. backwards to front. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, here's what I can tell you. I definitely saw the trailers for this when it was in theaters. So, is this... This is early 2000s or is this late 90s somewhere around there 2000 i'm gonna say 2000 Dan, it always comes up where you want to know what year the movie's from and i always have done research ahead of time and thus don't have to stall i just know from my research it's 1999 okay you know why because i was like i saw this trailer a lot why did i see this trailer a lot ah yes 1999 would be the year the phantom menace came out and i definitely <laughs> went to see that movie several times so here's what i can tell you one it's about football <laughs> two <laughs> I believe this is Oliver Stone directed this. Is that right? That is correct, yes. Okay. That explains why it's so long. I think <laughs> Jamie Foxx is in it. Uh, yes, he is. And I think this was one of his big like breakout roles after coming off of like doing comedy and stuff. This is one of his breakout dramatic roles. Correct, also. There's mm-hmm. a bunch of other people in it, and I can't tell you anything about them. I feel like this is, I mean, first of all, it's professional football. I know that. Oh, man. I can kind of picture some scenes like in my head, but, you know, like... You know, nothing that really tells me what the plot of it was. I feel like I saw this. This came out, what, two years after Jerry Maguire? So it's possible I'm mashing up scenes from Jerry Maguire in my head. And only because Dan has seen it is that movie not on this list. That's right. That's a good movie. I like that movie. Great movie. I just can't show it to my kid because it opens with like this graphic, unnecessary sex scene. So I'm waiting until Annie's a little bit older before I show it to her because I'm a prude dad. There's a lot of swearing in that one, too. Yeah, I'm fine with swears. I don't care about swears. Cool. Not on this show, though. Uh, this is a family show. Uh, all right. right. 
there are other people in this that I will recognize, but I cannot bring them to mind at the moment. Yeah, there there, there are many named actors in this film. It's an Oliver Stone film, so that's not surprising. But I, I thought maybe you'd be able to rattle off one, including one actor who I hate and luckily is playing a role where you're supposed to hate him, which oh, works out good. great for me. Well, so And this is like really like more than just like, perf- you know, like we saw Invincible, which was in the NFL, <laughs> but it, 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 it yes. followed the Eagles. Whereas I gather this is more about like the NFL is kind of my feeling. So it's a hundred percent accurate and unlicensed, no deal with the NFL, oh, wow. which requires okay. their permission to use their logos and whatnot. So instead of like the Philadelphia Eagles, it would be like the Philadelphia Falcons. Like that's also a real NFL team. So they probably need to be like the Philadelphia Crows. <laughs> like they, it's all made up. And they have to teams. call it nipple so the entire way through. It's just, it's just how yeah. it is. So okay. it's just, it's just okay. football, right? It's all just right. football, but it is clearly about the NFL. All right. Okay. You know I, nothing of the plot. I don't. I mean, Oliver Stone, you know, knowing his other work, too, it feels like there's probably some sort of subversive, you know, element to that in terms of just the view of it. I imagine it's not an entirely complimentary or it's rather I would call it maybe feels like an unflinching, perhaps, view of of the uh, football. Like I kind of got like a feel for it, but I I certainly Mm -hmm, I could mm -hmm. not tell you like what happens at all at all. I thought for sure you were going to make some Oliver Stone like uh, trope references like oh it must be about the conspiracies behind football <laughs> and how you throw it back into the left. left i've never yeah. seen that movie either actually oh boy that's three and a half hours i'll never get back and i've watched it i think three times in my life so that's Man, like 10 hours it's not, you won't it's get not back. worth it <laughs> why, not why have you it. seen it so many times i don't know i really actually love the jfk assassination not as an event but i love like <laughs> like you're a fan i will never know <laughs> yeah big fan uh and then i don't know you gotta see oliver stone movies because he's oliver stone i like natural I'm born not, killers i'm not a huge oliver i've never seen natural born killers either i'm trying to think if i've seen an it's oliver not about stone killing movie. it's about it's about the media it's about press that's what people they're, don't get they're natural that born though is not they are yeah, i'm trying to think of other i don't know i'm sure i've seen an oliver stone movie in there somewhere um because what else did he... I'm trying to think what else he did, because I haven't seen... He like, did the pl- Doors movie, if memory no, serves, with Val Kilmer. I haven't Kilmer. seen that. Platoon, right? That's I his. I, that I haven't seen yep. that. I Nixon? Uh, I haven't seen Nixon. Have I seen an Oliver Stone movie? I'm looking I actually now don't know if he directed Nixon, or maybe now, he just... Now I'm uh, curious, because we're just rattling off facts now. He did. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Born so, on the Fourth of July? No. Wall Street? Wall Street. You've seen Wall Street. I've never seen Wall Street. Oh, my God. Talk radio? Nope, 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 nope. No, I've seen W. I think that's it. I think that's the only Oliver Stone movie I've actually seen. It's I, which I thought was a funny movie, uh, or yeah. interesting. Funny is probably the wrong word, but like that's it's good. It's entertaining. Yeah, yeah. So this is not your first Oliver Stone movie. It's yeah, maybe, maybe your second. Maybe my second. Yep. Um. All right. So what you know is that it's about football, and that it's about real football, and it's supposed to be a. An unflinching look, I believe, is what you said. Yeah, and it's Jamie Foxx. That's it. That's all I know. <laughs> that fills at least two minutes of the, what, three-hour runtime? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like a two-and-a-half-hour movie we're settling okay. in for. Okay. And uh, luckily, we don't have to do it alone. Because if our listeners want to watch this movie along with you and me, they can sign up to become a member of The Incomparable and get access to commentary tracks for this movie and for the entire season and every season what? of Not Playing. Along with bonus content from all the other shows on The Incomparable. They can see uh, the bootleg feeds, that shows that are recorded oh, yeah. before they're even edited. They can watch something to do with Total Party Kill 
marathons that's not the mm-hmm. word you use mm-hmm. missions mm-hmm. i don't remember mm-hmm. yeah okay. uh, they can get other commentary watch along tracks that other folks at the incomparable have done and probably other things oh an exclusive podcast from you and jason maybe no <laughs> that might be unrelated it's not a thing <laughs> okay you're doing great though else? you're doing great ah there is of course don't forget access to the incomparable members slack where you can hang out with like-minded members of the community and some special surprises Correct. depending on your membership levels membership levels start at just five dollars a month it's reasonable for all the cool stuff if you, you pay enough dan Morin shows up at your house I mean, not right now, but someday, <laughs> which sounded slightly more threatening than I intended. <laughs> <laughs> but so if they want to do that, they go, they go to the slash members to sign up. You can always support not playing if you're so included by sending a portion of your subscription right to us because we've earned it. These movies are expensive to rent online. <laughs> Uh, this or one is drop a check in the mail and <laughs> uh, this particular one by the way uh, not available as we record for streaming on any of the streaming services that you're paying a monthly fee for but available to uh, rent for around three or four dollars us from all the major places that do that youtube and amazon etc etc cool all right well i just try to help them out and remember we did director's cut so if that if you get the choice it is the usually the one that is streaming because it's the one that was released on home video yeah it's the stoniest cut that you can get mm-hmm <laughs> mm-hmm dan now i really have some good news for you i'm very confused by that ending. <laughs> i'm happy to explain it to you <laughs> but you have now seen any given sunday i on, on a thursday no less true okay <laughs> I'm so thirsty, but I didn't allow myself a beverage during this recording. Additional music by Moby. You were right about that. So, Dan, I actually don't know the answer to this question. What did you think of this movie? Wow. I I don't even know where to start on this one. There's a good movie in here somewhere. (laughs) But I think Oliver Stone, like Oliver Stoned it to death, basically. (laughs) (laughs) I, I, I just understand what you're saying. I, I I think there's some good stuff in here, but I think it's kind of all over the place. Like, and some of that was just the the the, the actual production, right? Like the the cinematography and the editing is I found incredibly distracting. You know, all the things where they would like cut away to like old timey football, uh, or there'd be like lightning bolts. Old timey football, yes, right. Like, but like you know, like old no, old timey football, and they cut away, and there'd be like lightning bolts, or there'd be like superimposed people. It's just like yeah. Oliver, you're trying too hard. Like, <laughs> I guess that's how I, I kind of felt. Like there was so much he was trying to do this whole like big idea like capital m movie and you glimpsed it some of the time but i felt like for me a lot of the time it felt like it was just so preachy and and over the expensive at the expense of like the characters and the plot and preachy so that's i was with you on everything up until preachy where do you feel uh, it's preachy preachy? and not yeah that's not the right word because i think he makes good points like there's the whole like middle segment where jamie fox is giving an interview on you know tv and he talks about all the ways that the you know football system 
kind of takes advantage, especially of African-Americans. Right. And he's right, right? Like, that's the thing. It's totally true. But, like, that felt like the moment where Oliver Stone also overplayed his hand because, essentially, it was just like, let's just have characters come out and say exactly what we're trying to demonstrate. And then it just went back to being about a movie about football. So it was also, like, kind of kind of like all right i made my big point now let's go back to like a smaller story that's about like working together as a team right and i felt like that was for me again it was kind of all over the place in that way like maybe there was just too much stuffed in here in order for like one movie to really kind of hold it as like a a coherent through line because i liked a lot of the parts of it i liked a lot of that story I liked a lot of the characters. There's some great performance. I mean, I think Jamie Foxx is great here. I liked Dennis Quaid. Uh, Pacino's a little more. Uh, there's there's some ups and downs, I think, to his performance here. Sometimes it's a little overplayed, I feel like, um, and a little scenery eating. Um, but I like other parts of it. Cameron Diaz's character, I really don't understand at all. I got to be honest. And this movie does, <laughs> uh, this movie does not do well by its women characters, I think. So I think that Cameron Diaz is a strong one, but I grant you that's this point for the other thing. So let me address some of your It's not that she's not strong. It's not that, see, I object to that phrase because I don't think the strength is not the relative problem I have with that character. It's that character is inconsistent and the way that it, okay. the way that she is written, I, I guess I don't get her eventual redemption does not really fly for me. And I think a lot of that movie treats her like... I don't know, just very, very poorly in a lot of regards. And it's not to say that, but like if it were, if it were in a pattern, that would not bother me as much. But it felt like all the care, all the female characters were portrayed a little bit negatively. Okay, I've seen the movie several times, and I actually think that there are, like, she never, I never find her to be the villain in this movie on rewatches. Like, really? Okay. Uh, yeah, Al Pacino disagrees with her about stuff, but she's right about the pretty much everything she's saying. She's like, you should not be playing Cap anymore. You should be playing Willie Beeman, who is younger and better and more exciting. And that's exactly what the coach ends up doing. But it's the it's the interference, right? Like, I mean, you know, I don't know. I Again, I don't know enough of the, the football aspect of it, but it feels like you hire, you know, your coach to do his job. This is true. And is then true. if you're going to come down and micromanage him all the time, it's like, why do we even have him there? And this is, I mean, this is the ongoing thing. And in fact, what he says at the end there in his speech, when he says he's going to the expansion team in New Mexico, he's like, there I've been giving full right. managerial control. Yeah. Because it's up to each NFL team and the owner on how much authority the coach gets versus how much the owner gets or how much the general manager gets. But so you talked about the movies being, I think, sort of disjointed. And some of that, as you very, very rightly pointed out, is because it's very Oliver Stoneish. It's all of his worst instincts yeah, with it's no just... limiters. There, there's just, there's yeah. such there, there's a good story here, and it is definitely overshadowed by the editing and the cinematography being overly showy. And yes, like just look at us, look at us, look at us the whole time. But there's another problem, and I can't know. handle the fast cuts too. That's the other thing is like it was too <laughs> it is too much. much. The camera's moving all over the place. I mean, it's just again, I think I compared it to like a hyperactive puppy at one point, but like it does feel like oh, what's over there? What's over here? What's over here? Look at the fans. Look at these. Look at that. And it's like oh my god, slow down. I can't. I cannot focus on what is happening. But so here's the thing that you didn't know going in, which blows my mind, but feels so understandable or or makes the movie more understandable. Oliver Stone was developing a script that was written by a former uh, tight end called Monday Night. Then Oliver Stone bought a script, a spec script called On Any Given Sunday. 
Then he bought a third script called Playing Hurt. Then he read a book called You're Okay, It's Just a Bruise, A Doctor's Sideline Secrets. He's like, I'm going to adapt that too. So the movie is four, four books yeah. or scripts. Okay, that makes a together. lot of sense. And once you know that, it's like, oh, okay. That's why you're telling multiple disparate right. stories. Because there's definitely a story about doctors and players. Yeah, but that is not the sure. main story, but it is a strong story throughout the whole movie. Again, it's like, I mean... Oliver Stone is somebody who seems to exercise his own managerial control when perhaps he needs like some sort of guiding <laughs> hand. Um, he needs a Cameron Diaz. Yeah, there's a, there's a, there's an hour forty five minute movie in here that's pretty good, <laughs> uh, but like there's forty five minutes of another movie or three other movies, I guess, that feel like. I mean, for example, I got lost with some of the characters because they would sort of dip in and out of the stories. Like the guy at the end, we made the joke. The guy who's doing like his mantra in the in the mirror, right? Like I'm the best receiver. Yes. I can like, I'm like right. It's like I've only seen that guy. I felt like we did not spend very much time with that guy at all. Like yes, that was a yeah. lot of scene. I'm like, wait, who is this guy? Okay, we've seen him yeah. like once before, but you know, again, it would have benefited from some trimming and some slimming down and some focusing on all the plots that matter and stripping out some of the stuff that doesn't matter, like. I'm sorry, you know, as much as I, I like Elizabeth Berkley, her subplot is not needed. <laughs> I think that adds nothing to the movie. Yeah. There, there's a lot of that where it's like, I think you 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 exercise a much heavier hand and this doesn't need to be a, a two and a half hour epic, right? Like, I think he's trying to convey that with the whole Ben-Hur, like, cut in and points. It's like, oh, this is, this is the equivalent scene. of an epic, like you know epic warriors right they keep comparing them to warriors and it's like this is a it's a war movie right now oliver stone has directed at least one war movie and i and i yeah. can understand that's a popular metaphor with the football right like you're leading your 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 men and you want them to like protect them but like you're on a mission together right like there's a there's a similar uh, uh simpatico nature to those kinds of stories but it's it's overplayed now, here again <laughs> oliver stone says that in that scene and that scene drives me crazy when uh willie beeman comes over to his house for the jambalaya <laughs> and that movie ben-hur is on in the background he said that he intentionally chose a charlton heston film with charlton heston's appearing in the clips knowing that he had charlton heston cast as the football league commissioner because he's like to me the metaphor that i'm showing there is that like the the young get old and get replaced so he's like that's what i was trying to show there <laughs> i'm like nope you failed that is not what that scene is so weird and so long and the endless cutting back to a movie that they're not watching yeah. like they're not even experiencing the analogy of it but this is what i do like about the movie first you are right that like people like bill bellamy have like two or three scenes total and in a movie this long and sprawling it's like who's this guy why do i care again yeah but i think it does do a decent job of feeling real by virtue of there's so many people and i know this is nothing like the west wing but it's the west wing there's always people moving around i thought about the west there's, wing at one point when you were when when we were watching like oh because like the politics of it right like especially when they're dealing with the commissioner yep. at the end like okay i can i can kind of see like there's a lot of this like wheeling and dealing and like different agendas and ulterior motives like i kinda, i liked that part of it i'm with you and so, but just like the, there's this sense to me of there's just so many people and they all have their own stories and they're all the stars of it. And then I think you're exactly right. Like Elizabeth Berkeley's plot line makes no, like, why do we need to know that the coach is washed up and desperate and lonely and willing and able to pay thousands of dollars to sleep with a woman who he's paying to sleep with? It, it really, and like even the party scenes, 
are attempting to show like the excess. Right. But that's not really what the movie's about. Right. What I yeah. like about it, though, is it just feels like certainly the way the action is cut on the field is very highly stylized a lot of the time with lots of like extreme oh, close ups so you can't tell what's happening so or rapid fire cutting so you can't tell what's happening. But then, like, it still feels like on occasion, it's, I think this is when you talk about preachy, sometimes it felt to me like a little bit hammy or ham fisted when it's like, can I have another shot before I go back there? But all of that stuff where like they're sweaty and gross and even like <laughs> when they're like not dressed in the locker room, all that makes it feel very real to me because it's this like the the yelling at the opponents across the line at the before a play or the puking, honestly, which is obviously like a running yeah. almost gag motif. But all those things just added a sense of realism that I think about when I watch actual football like i think about moments from this movie because it feels like it's the in some senses the realest of all the ones we'll watch even though it's obviously super stylized like i was saying but it just feels like it, he has yeah. accurately captured some of what it's probably like to what it feels like to be there i get your point like it definitely captures the like inner lives of the the team or like you know there's just there's a certain amount of verisimilitude at least in terms of that, like, overall feeling, right? Like, I think you're totally right that it's not just, like, uh, you know, it feels real because of the way they shoot it or whatever, but, like, it gets to sort of the core of it, right? Like, the, the sort of platonic ideal of what this is like for this team. Uh, I can totally see that, and I, I agree with you. I think it does a nice job of capturing that that aspect of it. But I think, yeah, it falls down a little bit in terms of just not having a clear enough idea of what this movie's about. And that fact that you described the four scripts just makes that abundantly clear. Uh, like <laughs> yeah. if he had just set out to make a movie about, you know, a football team that it kind of implodes after they have to switch their quarterback and the quarterback gets really full of himself, but then eventually like they sort of come together and win as a team. Like that's a nice concrete through line. And again, feels like there are about three other storylines that don't need to be in here. Um, but I do think it captures something and it wasn't unenjoyable either. That's the thing is like, I definitely caught myself. I feel like our commentary was a little sparser on this movie. And part of that is yes. it is engaging. Like it, there's a lot, yeah. there's a lot happening. There's a lot of dialogue, you know, a lot of stuff is getting bandied around and, you know, it's not entirely predictable in the way of some of the other movies that we've watched this year that have a much more like, you know, Rudy invincible. Both of those had much more formulaic constructions. Um, whereas this, it was like, it's a little bit more of that. And again, this is the Oliver Stone influence is like, it's not that it's a documentary, but he kind of shoots it like it's a documentary in some ways, or like a yeah. like a like a reality TV almost type thing. Uh, right, and that's, going for some kind of verite feel. Yeah, yeah exactly. And and he does pull that off. Like I don't I don't think I don't think he's a bad director. I mean, I think he's like this is just there there are bad decisions made here in the, in the technical parts of this movie. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, listen, I think you're. I, I can't argue with most of what you're saying, and it's. But it's, I didn't dislike it. That's the that tricky I, thing. Like yeah. it's it's not it's not an unlikable movie at all. Even though That's I right. do have some issues with some of the like, you know, I know you pointed out that speech at the end is supposed to be like really you know well received or whatever. But like it just gets to the <laughs> yeah. point of like that. It, it once again reminds me like it's just a game. You know, like <laughs> you gotta die for every inch. It's like no, don't die. Like that one. The one I loved. Uh, I I don't remember the 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 actor's name, but the one who was the former football player. You said. Um, who plays shark like 
Yes. I enjoyed him quite a bit. I thought he was great. Um, but I didn't want him to die on the football field just to get his million dollars because it was like, but you'll be dead and you won't be able to spend your million dollars. <laughs> and so it's it's really interesting you say that because that's, again, like you're saying, like it, it is not a great movie, but it's a movie I enjoy watching. Um, I've totally blanked on what that actor's name is, but what I, I say it over and over again during the commentary, but what I like about that scene where shark is like you know shark is warned you cannot play because you will be putting yourself at risk of death lawrence taylor and he's like well i'm i want to play anyway because i can get this million dollar bonus like he's making the choice he's being told pretty explicitly don't do this he's begging the coach to put him in the coach is wrestling with it the coach fires the other doctor because he's like you lied to me and you faked this guy's you know how bad this medical situation was for him and he's angry about it they still let the guy play the guy gets hurt and hits his bonus, and like as he's being carted off the field, he's like, "I'm worth a million extra dollars." Right, like he's giving the thumbs up, and I'm like, "I don't feel right. good about this." <laughs> right, and it's this is like we've talked about this throughout the season a bit, you know. But I, I watch football every Sunday during the regular season, and I, I like the Eagles, and I feel guilty that you know that some of these players are really hurt themselves, but you also know that there's some players who you know are having long, happy lives post playing like they become announcers or just do charity work or just hang out and watch netflix all day i don't know but you also there's plenty of them who are hurting themselves and it's a messed up system and but like that scene with lawrence taylor where he's like i'm i'm going out there i'm doing this like he knows exactly what the risk is and it's again we're recording this during our COVID 19 times there's people today who are being told like Stay home and don't yeah, go to the beach because right. then you won't get sick of other people. So they're like, well, but I want to because everybody thinks of themselves as invincible. Right. And I get pissed at those people and I get pissed at Lawrence Taylor for going back out on the field. Right. And- but it's not even his fault in that one, I feel like. I mean, it, even though he's making that choice, like, it kind of feels like that's what the system has led them all to. And, like, that's, again, the point that Jamie Foxx's character is making in his interview is like, look, we're we're getting we're getting put in a system where like we're encouraged to think of ourselves as the stars and that it's all about the money and that like we've got to break ourselves in in order to earn that and like that's messed up right like that's that's a weird and and again this movie is 20 years old and you know it, it at least is cognizant of the problems with this in a way that most of the other movies we watch tend to kind of like so far that have kind of glossed over it, but it's still, you know, we haven't, it feels like some ways we haven't come that far. Yeah, no, this is all true. I do like this movie, but you know, every time, and you can't watch this movie too many times because it's so freaking long, but the, the stylistic indulgences throughout are too much and you just want to smack them around. Yeah. And like, I, I, I think that if you gave this movie to like a generic non-famous director and said, Hey, could you edit this down? That it could be a, a story better and more mm-hmm. clearly told Yep, and take half the time. I agree. I'm with but you. But I do enjoy it. Right. And I, I actually, I, I super, I really like Pacino's performance. I know you were a little bit iffy on it. He's not I like Jamie Foxx. I like Dennis Quaid and I like Cameron Diaz. I think they all just like, they all feel like, certainly two extremes at some points but they feel like believable characters like reasonable versions no of i'll characters. give you, i'll give you that i don't think any of the performance are, are inherently bad if anything i have complaints maybe about some of the writing of the characters but i don't yeah. think the performances are necessarily bad yeah no i, I do you remember the character of butterfinger from hudson hawk <laughs> i mean i do yes 
because that's the huge dude. No, really? <laughs> yes, same guy. That actor's name is Andrew Briniarski. And so now we've seen him in at least two. He's movies. great in Hudson Hawk. I love that character. He's so <laughs> he's so very bizarre, and that kind of carries over here. <laughs> yeah, I just thought you should know the connection. Thank you. I appreciate that. That has really made my day. Well, so we've uh, we've seen a lot of football movies, Dan, and I am really conflicted about what to show you next because there's so many directions to go. I just don't. There's one that I think you're not going to like, and I don't want to do that yet. I feel like I should wait. <laughs> it's like slapstick comedy. Or unintentionally funny, overly schlocky high school football movie, or like emotional college football movie. Uh, Do you have a preference? Um, I, I like, I like funny movies. All right, we're gonna go. Sl- we're gonna go. Necessary Roughness, because he's actually that same actor is in Necessary Roughness too. Wow! But Necessary Roughness, which starred um, Sinbad and Kathy Ireland, if memory serves. I last saw it as a kid, so it's been a long time. Sinbad and Kathy Ireland, man, that re- I mean, yeah. it, it, that that's a very precise dating of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm not supposed to give you these spoilers before you. Yeah, I was see gonna it, say but... that I would not have I would not have known that, and but the Venn diagram there is definitely pretty narrow. They also may well not be the stars, but they're the people who I remember from the movie. <laughs> okay, <All right. laughs> I'm now on its IMDb page, and I remember more and more as I'm looking at it. Oh my god, I think I saw this movie in the theater, and it's just yeah. So, okay, that's what we'll do next time. All right. All right, that's a plan. Well, it's been a pleasure watching Any Given Sunday with you. I would watch it any day, Dan. I mean, not again, because we did. But Any any given day any day, is what yes. you're saying? Any given day. That's what I'm saying. Okay, that's fair. I, I'll, I'll allow it this one time. Just this once, though. All right, well, thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time when we're watching Necessary Roughness. And until then... Keep watching the... I don't have another one. Keep watching the yards. I'm going with yours. <laughs> Sorry, I know this is a very dramatic moment, but I picturing Al Pacino singing "Baby Shark" to him. Baby <laughs> Shark, do 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 do. Come back to me, baby, baby shark. shark. Baby Shark, do 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 do. do. <laughs> Let's go hunt. <laughs>